Hello, this is Nerd Vomit. My name is Doug. I'm a nerd. This is my vomit. There's plenty to do on the Vomitorium. That's what I'm calling that list that you cannot see, which is the list I call on my other show, Damn. It's the list you cannot see. Don't worry about it. Yes, I know I'm talking fast. I apologize. I have about ugh, 10 to 15 minutes to record this on Christmas uh, because I don't want it to go up late um, because I believe in you more than I believe in Santa. Now, in that, I'm sorry, we're going to breeze over a bunch of stuff. Tweet at me or email us, and uh, if you want a, a bigger review, if you're really interested to see what I think of uh, Bad Times at the El Royale from longer than I'm going to talk about it, then tweet at me, and uh, I'll either answer uh, or I'll address it on next week's episode. But first, we need to get a little downery uh, right off the bat is uh, Rest in Peace, Penny Marshall. I know um, that's already gone out over like social media, but, I mean, recording schedules, sorry. Just, she directed big. She directed Awakenings. Think about those two movies back-to-back. -back. What? Um, of course, she directed League of Her Own. There was Laverne and Shirley. Shlomiel Shlomazel, Hoff and Pepper Incorporated. Uh, I didn't, you know, I'm not like 8 million years old. I didn't grow up watching it as it was on regularly, but I watched a lot of Nick at Night as a child, and that was one of those ones where I was like, oh. And it's one of the 80, like, spinoffs from Happy Days. That show had, like, four different spinoffs. True. Uh, and I believe she was also Miss Bot's the uh, Psycho Babysitter, and I believe the first episode, uh, not first episode, but the first season of The Simpsons, possibly second, uh, but very early on, they, they big get Penny Marshall, Oscar award-winning Penny Marshall was a psycho babysitter on the early Simpsons. Why is this episode called Corey Heart to Heart as opposed to something more Christmassy? Well, I'll tell you what, it's because I rewatched Future Man Season 1, getting ready for Season Man Season 2, that's um, coming out in a couple weeks. I forgot how funny and how smart this movie is. It's basically kind of a... I mean, it's an R-rated Last Starfighter, but the thing is, and I've realized this with things like Teledega Nights, where how smart do you have to be to write something that's so stupid it becomes smart again? How does that writing smart, stupid, smart onion, like, it just blows my mind. I highly recommend it. Premise is, video game gets sent back from the future, guy beats it, people come back from the future and say, you beat the game, you're our savior. Uh, hijinks ensue. Uh, at one point, one character, uh, two of them swap uh, male genitals, and my favorite line so far is, give me back my cock, you dick pirate. We could talk about Christmas movies, but to be perfectly honest, I don't have the time. I'm going to call a moratorium on Die Hard being a Christmas movie. I mean, yes, I know uh, it has Christmas music, it happens during Christmas, uh, people say Merry Christmas. I'm going to consider the, like, how, how, how... Now I have a machine gun. I know I said that backwards. Calm down. Uh, when he writes that, I'm going to consider that a Christmas ugly sweater. Now I want to do it right just to do it like, I have a machine gun now. How, how, how. Anyway, you know, rest in peace. Alan Rickman. What am I going to do to replace Die Hard? I don't know. Lithe Weapon. Gremlins. Batman Returns, I tried. Does not have, like, kind of the rewatchability. Um, same with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So, I'm going to have to find something. And I don't want to do, like, Krampus or anything like that. Maybe I'll just watch, like, you know, Christmas at Ground Zero and 
um, the night Santa went crazy by Weird Al, like on a loop uh, on Christmas Eve. Uh, the aforementioned bad times at the El Royale, I loved it. Drew Goddard takes his spin. He's the guy who um, directed Cloverfield, and he directed and co-wrote Cabin in the Woods with Joss Whedon, which really did like, like just take every convention from horror and turn it on its head. And he does that in Bad Times at the El Royale, which is one of my favorite tropes where you have a bunch of mysterious, menacing, you know, characters um, stuck in like a hotel or something like that. Things like uh, the Hotel Artemis or um, the, the movie Identity, um, Bedtimes at El Royale. I mean, I just, I like the idea of like a bunch of criminals being stuck in a place where it's like raining or the road's washed out or whatever and you gotta figure out who to trust and who not to trust and they have to do it too and in the universe, uh, in in that world. Uh, and Drew Goddard, of course, really does, t once again, take every convention from this trope and turn it on its head because... Man, who I thought was going to be the hero, was not the hero, and vice versa. And Chris Hemsworth is amazing as this like, like California love, like cult leader guru guy, like way out of type for him, and he pulled it off. Uh, Jeff Bridges was fantastic, um, as well as I, I don't remember the name of the girl who played the singer, but she was good. And uh, the guy who played the bellhop was amazing. Um, and John Hamm is, is just always a delight. Titans finale, uh, my two big ones. Uh, I mean, I know the whole episode is effectively spoilers. An illusion created by Trigun, who I'm, I'm happy to see Trigun has arrived. Uh, I, I thought it was a weird choice to have, like, the whole jump ahead five years. Uh, Robin and Dawn have, like, a couple kids, or one and a half kids, because she's preggers. And then he's got gets called in to, like, take down a homicidal Batman. I thought, well, that's an interesting choice, considering Trigun just came back, like, they're gonna jump ahead five years, and Raven and, and Gar are just, like, in college. So for it to be, like, a like a darkness illusion created by Trigun makes total sense. Phil did not take away from the fact that, like, Batman just up and kills motherfuckers, just slitting cops' throats. Um, just dropping batarangs in the Joker's heart sternum area, um, breaks into Arkham Asylum and just starts killing people. And they say, it's not, it's not just the inmates, he's killing, like, doctors and nurses, like, Batman, much like the Honey Badger, does not give a shit. It was awesome to watch. Um, I knew something was up, obviously, because I kept, like, glimmering in the background, and I'm like, uh, you know, that's when he should have made a choice not to go dark. Cuts, you know, out to, you know, Trigun and Raven going, like, this is how it begins. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, I think in 11 episodes, I think they took their time introducing the characters, letting them breathe, dedicating episodes to those characters, which is exactly, oh, I don't know, what Marvel did for their Marvel Cinematic Universe, and DC can't seem to fucking figure out until they get to Titans. So way to go, DC. Way to finally figure out how to play the game. We'll wait to talk about the uh, Silver Lightning Spider-Man DLC, because I'm not that deep into it for next week. As well as, I'm going to hang on to uh, Runaway Season 2, since I'm not all the way done with it. And Fantastic Beasts 2, The Crimes of Grindenwald, or whatever his name is. He sounds like a concentration camp. It's not a great name. Uh, still don't have a sign-off for the show, so I'm just going to sign off. If you liked this, check out some of our other shows, like Mr. Right. Exotic Liability, and no applause, just the clap. 
You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher.